0: Wait, what are we doing? I don't know. No, just listen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What it do, what it do? Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning to the Up and Up podcast on the Up and Up Network. I'm your host, Rubino.
1: And I'm DJ Earn, man.
0: What's up, boss? How you doing?
1: I'm good, man. Yeah. Feeling good, feeling great. Feeling about, good, feeling great. How yeah. about you? How
0: about me? How about you? Yeah. You know me, bro. I'm always <laughs> yep. feeling blessed, blessed, <laughs> um, grateful. Right. Grateful for the moment. Always. I, I, You know, I'm gonna start the episode like that every time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Thankful for everybody in the room. Shout out to the team squad. Yes, sir. My brother who just pulled up last minute. Shout out to you. Um, But yeah, if this is your first time tuning in, as I stated, this is the Up and Up podcast. This is the podcast where we're focused on cultivating culture. Right. Yep. We do that by providing amazing stories of individuals, groups, movements, mm-hmm. the hustlers, the shakers. Mm-hmm. Right. People who are breaking down barriers, taking up space, um, not only for all of us here, but for who?
1: The listeners and the future generation. Come on, man! Everybody,
0: come on, man! Say yeah. it with
1: your chest. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. Come on! Man. I thought I thought he was gonna keep on rolling. Nah, That's I why I was it, like, know. okay.
0: But yeah, no. Like I said, it's for all of us here. Obviously, they're carving and taking up space in all these industries and professions. But it's for the next generation, right? Mm-hmm. Putting it down so mm-hmm. they could pick it up, right? Um, and if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the family. And for the consistent family members, listeners, viewers, those who've been rocking, salute to you guys. We love sure. you guys. We thank you guys as always, right? Yes, sir. Um. Yeah, I'm feeling good, man, because, you know, I feel like this episode in particular is right on time, you know, mm-hmm. um, long time coming. You mm-hmm. know, lo- people say it's overdue, but I say, I say things are on time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm super excited because, you know, today's guest is someone who I would say um, who's truly found a way to to walk in her purpose, right? Um, and someone who I feel has taken the term influencer and really converted it to to impact. You know what yeah. I mean? Um She's definitely a true culture cultivator who's keeping everything she's doing on the up and up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just a little bit of insight. I would say, um, I think a lot of people would say she's definitely a force and a powerhouse when it comes to storytelling, um, really focusing on the areas of food and community um, and truly giving a spotlight uh, to many and many, many, many amazing, um, you know, unsung and underrepresented um, restaurant owners, businesses, and not just their restaurants and their businesses but their stories right the, the people behind these amazing businesses and restaurants um, and she's doing it in her own, her own unique way um, I would say she's definitely someone who's put her, her own twist on what the term journalism means in today's day and age right yeah um, doing it in a way that's natural to her right and yeah. and she's ultimately using her platform with intention and some would say she's the ultimate plug, right yeah her, right for foodies all over Washington and beyond. Um, we're super honored. We're super excited to have her in the building today. So without further ado, let's just get straight to it. Our guest is none other than the amazing force herself, Tina Thatch. Can we get her on the Yeah. Cheers You're up. so nice. How you doing? I
2: love people who do research.
0: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's all we do here. Uh, how you doing though? You good?
2: I'm good. I'm super honored. I feel like this is a long time coming, and especially for those that, you know, create a voice for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. I feel like podcasts is is like such a thing right now, but being able to be a guest, I think that's, I'm very, very grateful.
0: Mm. Well, we're we're grateful to have you here. Yeah. You know? Um, so uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the show, but we start every episode with a quote of the day, right? Something to get the vibe right, mood right, conversation right. Yeah. Brother man, Erm, he's the man of the quotes over here. Yeah. I'm excited. What you got for us today, man? All
1: right, man. So I heard this quote yesterday, but, um, the quote is kind of short, sweet. But it's uh one day or day one, you decide.
0: Mm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Short, simple, straight to the point. Yeah. Yeah. I just
1: heard it. I thought it was filthy because, yeah, I just had a point in my life where I'm like, uh, should I do that? Should I do that? But it's like,
0: nah. It's perspective. Yep. Yeah. Who's that quote by?
1: Uh, it's an anonymous quote. Oh. Yeah. Those are the best ones. Yeah. He's like, I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I heard it. I was like, damn! I really can't find who said this, but uh,
0: yeah, one yeah. one day or day one. Mm-hmm. I like that.
2: I think it's short, but it me- it can mean so much in different perspectives.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. for sure, definitely. I like that. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. You never miss. <laughs> you never He's, the miss- yeah. He's the quote man. He's the quote man. So, long story short, they don't let me tell quotes. <laughs> <right here. laughs> uh, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Um, <laughs> cool. So, Tina, obviously, um, you're familiar. Our show is really about. The journeys that people have been on and kind of letting them tell their stories in their own unique way. But before we kind of get into your journey, I'm just curious. um, You know, it's 2023. This year seems like it it ain't got no breaks. You know what I'm saying? It's moving. But um, for you, like, how would you describe this current chapter that you're in right now, like in the present moment?
2: Yeah, I would say 2023 is about change and trying new things. Um I think a lot of people know me for the food stuff and that's been about 3 years of just doing that but I've been doing social media since I was a kid like mm-hmm. I was on MySpace I was like really big on MySpace I used to sing covers on YouTube mm. like if you went on my YouTube which I'm restarting right now you would see my singing videos since I was like 12 mm. and so I've always been in social media and I always told myself I was like ever since I was a little kid, I was like, I'm meant to be a star. Like I'm, I could feel it, whatever it takes. Like I just need to hold the microphone and be on camera. Like I always knew that about myself, Mm -hmm. but the whole food thing has led me. I I wanted to do it in a place where I was trying to be kind and do something where I use social media for good and to Mm -hmm. make positive change. Mm -hmm. But for 2023, I think the Washington foodies thing, like as much as I love it, I think I I hit my peak and plateaued. Like Mm -hmm. for me, I want to do more than just here. I want to do storytelling in different aspects for different communities and people that need their stories told. And I feel like the Washington Foodies things was great and the Mm -hmm. niche was good for right here, but I feel like I want to do more. Mm. There's so many other stories to tell, not just food. There's like small businesses or people or your aunt or your mom in the kitchen, whatever. I feel like there's just so much more. Mm. And for three years, I did the short form. I think TikTok and Reels and all that stuff blew up. And it was kind of like everyone's attention was so short. And I think at the time, it's the thing to do. Yeah. But when it comes to, like you said, storytelling and journalism, it really breaks my heart when I do amazing interviews and then I got to cut it in a minute. Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, I want yeah. to go on YouTube and do the long storytelling. But I want to ask the questions and have their voice be telling the story, not mm. my voiceover, mm. you know? I got you. And I want to have my own TV show. I imagine myself just like a Asian version of Anthony Bourdain or Dang. something where I'm storytelling yeah. and and not even that just um upbringing uplifting people's cultures and their stories and who they are mm. and highlighting the food from their culture. Mm. Um so that's kind of where I'm at. Like I'm just like the time is now. Like yeah. I want to shoot 5 episodes and I'm going to pitch it and see where it goes and yeah. I finally have Invested in a team. I I edit all my videos. I film everything myself, and I would find myself going to work and then my nine to five. I go home, I eat, I work out, and then I'm editing from eight p.m. to two a.m. I go to bed and I go back to work, mm-hmm. and I've done that for three years. And I'm just like, I'm so tired. Yeah. And I finally want to be like, you know what? I'm gonna pay for an editor, and yeah. I'm gonna have a videographer because. Yeah, it might cost money, but I know the outcome that yeah. it will take if I do, to, to do this right now.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. It, sound, it sounds like a powerful point where it's like a transition period, mm-hmm. you know, like, like a graduation period. You yeah, know what I mean, And I think that's that's like a that's the dopest place to be sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I love that. <clears throat> I that's love dope.
1: That. Uh, so I know we're talking about where you're at right now, but um, let's take it back. Let's talk about your upbringing, um, where you're from. What was it like for you growing up?
2: Yeah, so I grew up in Tacoma, the south end of Tacoma. My mom is Vietnamese. She immigrated from Vietnam after the Vietnam War. And so I'm very, very grateful and privileged to be here in America because she literally told me she was holding my brother during the Vietnam War and jumping over dead bodies and hiding from bombs. And it was a time where, you know, they were just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And so when they immigrated to America in Washington, that's when she met my dad My dad is Cambodian. Um, He grew up in Cambodia, the border of Cambodia and Vietnam. They call it Khmer Krom, which is they speak Vietnamese, but they're Cambodian. Mm -hmm. But my dad was a fisherman in Alaska. Um, And so when my mom immigrated here, she had to learn English in the Philippines and then come to America and live with a Mormon family to kind of get the American life with my brother. Mm. So my brother and I have different fathers, but my mom had me. Well, my mom met my dad on the fisherman boat and then they fell in love. But then they had me when she was 40. So I was like, I'm definitely an accident, but whatever. And so, <laughs> and so you know, growing up, my dad was always in and out of my life just because he was a fisherman and like trying to make money.
0: Yeah.
2: And my mom, after she got pregnant, she went back to Washington and my brother came with her. And pretty much my brother raised me. And so right now my brother is 51. Mm -hmm. I'm 31. Mm -hmm. And he pretty much raised me. And I remember being a little kid like, why are you so mean? But he was just, he didn't, he he had to take care of me. He had to take care of the house. He was the one who helped, you know, put me to school and take care of me. And then my mom was there too, but he was the man of the house while my dad was in Alaska coming home every few months. And so Mm. I used to be like wondering why you know, I don't miss him. Like, I remember getting a phone call in Alaska and being like, so like dreadful that I'd be have to, having to talk to him just because he wasn't around. Mm. But then I grew up realizing that, you know, immigrant parents only know money as survival. Like, mm-hmm. whatever it takes, love, love is love, but money equals love, too, because that's how they make, you know, money to pay the bills yeah, and provide. food on the table. And at the time, I was just like, I don't get it. I don't feel anything. Yeah. But as I grew up, I realized that's all they know is survival as an immigrant. And so I grew up, was born in Tacoma, South End, low income, middle class. I was really blessed to have a diverse community. I grew up with hella brown kids, Mexican, Samoan, black people, everything you could think of. Mm-hmm. And the things that I saw, I don't think a lot of people, I mean, I think a lot of people went through this, but I was just like, I never thought that I was able to get higher education or to college i didn't have those you know i didn't have the parents that i can go home and be like can you help me my homework like yeah. i wish i could have that like yeah. i would always envy kids that could go home to their parents and do math or a science project i would just have to figure it out myself and yeah. so um when i was young you know having an older brother that's so old and a mom that's so old you would think that i was very introverted but i think it helped me be very social just cause I didn't have that at home.
1: Yeah. And
2: so I would just, I was a kid that would just talk to strangers and ask hella questions, always curious. And I yeah. think that was like kind of how I am now. And so I'm just curious, you know, I'm i am asking you a question, not because I have to, because I'm genuinely asking about your story. Yeah, I've yeah. always been like that. And so, you know, I'm the one who would have a big imagination. I'd hold my like brush and I'd sing karaoke by myself and watch MTV spring break and TRL all day. And yeah. like, just imagine myself on TV since I was little but my parents never nurtured any of my talents i think they just kind of like just finished school like
0: i want to i want i'm curious cuz um i i feel like a lot of first generation immigrants can relate mm-hmm. to kind of understanding like how things are supposed to be yeah. and then how you imagine things can be you know what i mean um but for you like what was that like what was your kind of i guess first generation immigrant experience like balancing your culture, your heritage, but then also having to navigate America and, like, you know, the American culture. Like, can, yeah. you, can you reflect on that?
2: Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of us who are sheltered rebel. And, right. I, you know, like, I was... I wish, I hope I don't have a daughter like me because I feel like because I couldn't do anything, I would sneak out and go experience these things I wasn't supposed to just because I couldn't. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, you know, because I was so sheltered, I was like, I want to go hang out with these bad kids and go do this and that, but... I think I always went back to reflect on, you know, being able to appreciate how much opportunities and privilege that I had because I was American citizen. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a kid, I didn't really get it at first, being able to, you know, have my mom make me lunch and then go to school and then everyone's making fun of me and I would just throw that shit away. And it's just like, now I'm like, please, mom, like I beg you to cook for me. And I appreciate like so much different cultural foods, but being able to kind of go home and, like, explain to your mom, like, hey, like, I want to do something creative. There's no fucking way back then. <laughs> yeah. No fucking way back yeah, then. Nah, it's she was, like, doctor, pharmacist, or anything medical. Yeah. And I used to say yes. But now it took a lot of years. Like, even recently, now she's, like, look at my daughter on Facebook. Like, she's so <laughs> cool. Like, look at her videos. But yeah. it took forever. They never got it until yeah. I had to prove to myself yeah. before they, I could prove to them.
0: I, I do feel like – um being like first generation, like you're gonna be the first to navigate certain spaces, try different things. It, whether it's going to college, whether you know it's trying to go into different career paths that may not be the most conventional or whatever. But I feel like there is a sense of like education that comes with that, mm-hmm. um, where the rebelling kind of turns into like, okay, let me just explain to you because maybe you don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of immigrant parents want to support, they just they just can't comprehend mm-hmm. like how, why, you know, and I think. I think that's, it is on us as creatives and those of our generation who are trying to build these lanes to kind of double back and, like, really break it down and provide context. Because I feel like that could help, too, you know?
2: Yeah, and I was really lucky because when I was in high school, I had teachers that really saw a lot in me and knew that I wanted to get out of Tacoma. Mm-hmm. And so I went to, like, college-bound and, you know, those little after-school programs. Yep. And I remember my teachers being like, oh, have you ever been to a college campus before? And I was like, no. And so they took me. They took me and I stepped on UW and I stepped at Wazoo and I was like, is this what it feels like to be in college? And that was the first time I could see myself mm. in college. And they were just like, we'll pay for your application. Mm. And if they didn't pay for that, I wouldn't have applied. Mm. Like I was mm. glad that I had role models to be like, you know, we believe in you because, I, you know, my parents were just like, just go to community college. And I would have yeah. accepted that, but I knew inside I wanted more. Mm. And I'm till this day, I still talk to my high school college teachers. And because I was such this curious cat, I was talking to everyone that they were just like, no, we believe in you. We'll pay for your application. And once I got in, I went to Western yeah. in Bellingham, which is a definitely culture shock. I was shook by the core being like the only Brown student. like. Yeah. But it was like far enough away from home that I was like, I learned a lot about being appreciative of diversity, being a first year or first generation to graduate from college and just finding a community, even in a place where I was definitely, I definitely had culture shock.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Well, going into college, like a lot of us that went, it um, some of us it took a, it took us a little bit of time to actually figure out what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, what was that like for you? Like, did you go through certain things that kind of led you to what you studied, or was it just like instant?
2: Yeah. So during a time, so I was doing social media on my own in high school for so long, singing and doing all this stuff. So I always knew, for some reason. Because like being a millennial, we were when the internet just started. So I was like, this is crazy. You can yeah. connect with so many people yeah. that you don't know online. So in the back of my head, I'm like, can this be something for my job one day? But back then, social media marketing was like, what? like No businesses were doing that. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to college, I was like, oh, maybe I should just do communication or marketing. I wasn't really sure. But I think being able to try different classes, I was like, okay, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. But then I realized I was like, I like telling people's story Mm -hmm. and I like, you know, I was dreaming like maybe I could write for Vogue. Like for so long, I thought I was going to be a news anchor or write for a newspaper or something like that. So my first journalism class, I was like designing some magazine and then interviewing people and then writing a story. I was like, I kind of like this. So it takes a while, but I think being able to kind of understand that it's okay to not know sometimes and Mm -hmm. take classes and then you realize what you do or don't like that's kind of when you're like, okay, maybe I should put my effort into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I did journalism, and then I um, did a minor in public relations because two and two go along together with telling people's story, mm-hmm. but also being able to public speak and t- you know tell people's story in that way too.
0: That's for real. Yeah. That's right. I actually, so speaking of research, I did read that you – there was like a there was a particular story you told while you were in college about a janitor. Am I right?
2: Oh my god! What the hell? Yeah. What the heck? Yeah.
0: And uh, are you stalking like, me? I'm, no, I'm not. I'm just
2: <laughs> I love that. Job. No one has ever brought that up. That was my first time. I was yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm just doing my job. You I know was like,
2: <laughs> I can tell this story, and it, I got like such a good grade on so it. So t-
0: talk talk about that because I I I want to bring that up because like I feel like a lot of uh, youth and people who are about to go into college don't realize like sometimes trying your hand at stuff Mm -hmm. can, like, plant those seeds for what you're doing now. You know what I mean? But talk about that moment. I'm just shook
2: that you know that. Like, that's, like, (laughs) (laughs) that's so awesome. No one really knows I wrote that story unless you went to school with me. And so I remember we had an assignment about storytelling. And people were doing different things. But, like, they were telling stories that were typical, like, sports or you know, celebrities. And I was just like, let's talk about the people who aren't seen. Mm. And I remember, I, you know, we would study and do homework all night to the mornings. And I would be in the, like, the ethnic student center working. And there was this janitor that would come down and clean. It was like, like midnight. And I'm just like, hi. Like, you know, because I was like, who's this, you know? But he was like, always so kind, always so nice, so chill. And I'm always curious. I was like, has anyone ever heard your story? Mm. And so I decided, you know, for all the past times I would be studying and see him, I would ask him questions and get to know him and made friends with him that Mm. I decided I wanted to interview him because, you know, we make a lot of mess every single day in our lives. Mm. But we don't realize who's cleaning up the mess that we make, Mm. you know, at events, at at parties, at restaurants. We don't think about the, you know, service workers that are taking their time to do this this job and Mm. for you to have the next day be clean and for you to start your day again. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I decided to tell his story.
0: Yeah. That's real. But I th- I think that just speaks to kind of the intention you you put behind it, you know what I mean? Cuz a lot of times like even me and erm our first time ever doing radio was in college, mm-hmm. right? But it was like it went from like, "Oh, we have access to a radio studio" to like, "Oh, let's actually have some intention with what we're doing. Let's figure out why we're trying to do it," you know? So that's a good message. That's dope.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um what was the transition like out of college for you and then going into, like, the real world?
2: Uh, I was like, damn, I'm in debt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, I got to find a real job now.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: she, she get real now. Yeah, I yeah. was like,
2: first of all, because, you know, when you go to college, you're like, oh, my gosh, I get to live on my own. I got I to gotta clean and do my own laundry and life is great because I don't have any parents. And then you graduate and you're like damn i got to move back home <laughs> and you're like fuck i got to go live with my mom again and so when i went back to tacoma i think my mom my family was just kind of not nagging but kind of like in my head like oh you about to waste all this money for college what are you about to do are you about mm. to use this degree yeah, and i'm yeah. just in my head like can you chill because i think it's yeah. it's so crazy because when you're out of like out of college and you go into an entry job it's like you need 5 years experience but it's like how i just got out of college yeah. like it, this is an entry Man. job And and I knew I was like, that's that's the transition of when I cut my creativity. You know, I was singing and performing and doing all these YouTube videos that I was like, damn, I really got to focus on the real world because where is this creativity going to take me? And Mm -hmm. I think that kind of it kind of breaks my heart that I stopped that because I I love singing and making music. And that was something that I really, really loved doing. But I cut that out and cut my YouTube and kind of pause on that stuff because I was like, I need to focus on the real world and get a nine to five. Yeah. And so I would apply every single day, like 10 applications a day. And I didn't would get rejected so many times until I finally started at a startup a social doing social media, but it was a tech startup for lead gen and demand gen. Mm. And it was the craziest company. This company would create create a product that would send um automated DMs on Twitter and for you to click a link to go to their business. It was so, Mm. it was so, like, (laughs) Mm. not me, but I was, like, I need, like, the experience, so I just kind of took it. And this is something where I was so stupid. I realized as a kid, the CEO was, like, oh, yeah, how much do you want to get paid for I was, like, oh, anything works.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And so that's how
2: I I got the job, but I was, like, whatever. Yeah. And I I definitely got paid the lowest, like, the low, low, lowest when I first got that job.
1: Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. I think that's important, though, because... (laughs) Like, I mean, a lot of people, I feel like, they come out of college and then they get hit with, like, yeah, I got to, like, really start, like, supporting myself, you mm-hmm. know? So it was kind of like they kind of brushed things off to the side. So, mm. yeah.
0: So I'm I'm also curious. Obviously, that wasn't where you ended up because you did mm-hmm. – you, you took – like, you you worked and you built skill sets and, like, you developed. Um, and then eventually you landed uh, working with Starbucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and all I feel like all of this is going to obviously – come into what you're currently doing now, but can you just talk about the importance of, regardless of where you're at, figure out how you can build, develop, and utilize it for whatever is coming next. Like, can you talk about-
2: Yeah, for sure. What you did? I think at the end of the day, I was, you know, I had to be serious. And though I cut that creativity part of my life for my personal use, Mm -hmm. I used it in a sense where I learned how to use social media for business. Mm -hmm. And so I took two years in the startup, but it was like understanding- the aspects of what is it like to have leadership, people that you have to get approval for, or working with different people like salesmen and engineers. But being able to do social media to help a business is so different than a personal use. And so having that perspective really shaped me and being like, okay, this is what you do when you work in the corporate world and this is what you use when you do personal growth on social media. Mm-hmm. And so I remember after two years working for this job, you can't I never like advise people do this but sometimes you wake up and you're like i don't want to fucking do this anymore like Mm -hmm. i'm miserable and so i only saved a thousand dollars and i was like i'm gonna quit today because this is not it and i just felt like in my soul i was like dying inside and this company was so black and white and i felt so much more colorful and i remember quitting and they were just like we understand we can see you're miserable and so i was like what am i gonna do and i think when you're struggling you're like you will do anything and so the hustle came in and i was like I need to find a job that aligns with what I'm doing. And so I went into applying everywhere and I got a contract job at Starbucks doing social media. And I think when you work in corporate, sometimes you need to go the contract way and then get full time. But I hustled. I was like, yeah, I'm a contractor, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to get full time. And Mm -hmm. I will make you like not ever want to let me go. And so after a year, I got full time and I was like, I was like the person I was like at Starbucks on Twitter and I would reply to everyone and I would get more replies than everyone in the freaking group. And I was like, yeah, like I got a hundred replies today and you <laughs> only got 20. And I was like, you're going to have to make me full time. But I wanted it so bad because, you know, I think for big companies and doing social media, you are the brand voice. And that was something that took me um having a perspective on. It's not about you. It's about you representing a bunch of people. Yep. And it wasn't just I'm Tina. It's like I'm you know, this big brand and, like, what is the strategy on how we can thrive as a business? Mm. And, like, working – I've been working here for six years. I was laid off, went to Microsoft a little bit, then came back. But I think I put my heart and soul into this company until I got laid off. Mm. And then I realized, I was, like, why am I putting all my heart and soul into a corporate company when I could just be replaced so easily? Mm. And that gave me perspective. I was, like, I need to find something for me. I need to find a hobby. And I remember – going back into the corporate world again and realizing that I didn't have a hobby. Mm-hmm. I was just working because I thought that was my whole life. And then I realized when you give these jobs, your whole life once it's cut, who are you? You kind of lose yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who am I? Like
0: identity. Yeah. yeah identity mm-hmm. because yeah,
2: you yeah. make this like this work your whole life that you're just kind of like, what do I want to do? And so that was a perspective. When I kind of stepped back, I was like, I need to find something for myself mm-hmm. And that's kind of when things led to another. And I was like, I think that's when, like, 2020 happened. And that's when all that's all this, like, food stuff started happening. Mm.
1: So how did, how did that come about?
2: Yeah, it's kind of like a tragedy, but then it comes into, like, a beautiful flower. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's very inspiring, <laughs> I would assume.
2: Yeah, so basically, um, in 2020, I feel like everyone was going through the pandemic and going through a lot. There was people dying, stores closing, um, and my father was really sick. And so, like I said, he was in and out of my life for a long time, but, um, he smoked cigarettes for 60 years and he got, um, LOPD, is that what it's called? Like the lung, like like lung cancer, but lung disease. And so he had to retire. He didn't want to, but he came home and he would always have to breathe out of like this inhaler. Sometimes his health wasn't good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our family aspect was, It was just, it was okay. And I think with older immigrant parents, they'll never divorce, even if they're unhappy. Mm. Just because they've been together for so long that it was just kind of like, okay, maybe this is just it. And there was love there. But, you know, my parents were miserable together, but they just stayed together. My brother would take care of the house and would not get along with my dad. It was just chaotic. But in 2020, out of nowhere, he got meningitis B that went straight to his brain in like a week. And while everyone is going through COVID, I mean, we're all sitting at home alone. And like we're not seeing each other, and so when he got he got meningitis B, he went straight to the hospital. But at the time, the CDC wouldn't let anyone go visit. Just Mm. in general, we can't go there. Like we can't go in the hospital. There were so many regulations. Mm. And I remember him just going into a coma, and I literally didn't know what he looked like or what was happening. And I just knew that he he was just in a coma. Mm. And I would call every day, and like he couldn't pick up. And then one day out of nowhere. He woke out of his coma called me and he was just like saying a bunch of stuff and like acting like everything's normal and then all of a sudden he like forgot everything and i was just like it was like a roller coaster mm. and you know day and day i was like is he gonna die oh he sounds great is he gonna die it was like tugging on my heart every single day while i'm working while i'm trying to figure things out while everyone's so sad about life and we can't get out i'm on TikTok all day i'm just so depressed and then all of a sudden We get a phone call, like, oh, you can go, you know, CDC just changed rules, you can go visit your dad. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, cool, like, so excited. Mm -hmm. And then we drive down to Tacoma, because he was at St. Joseph Hospital. And I remember pulling up to the hospital, and all of a sudden the nurse calls and was like, CDC just said, actually, you can't visit. And we're sitting outside the hospital, it's like me, my mom, my brother, sister-in-law, and my fiance, and I'm like, what do you mean we can't go up? And they're just like, you can, like, you just can't, like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, can you FaceTime us? And yeah. it was like, they're like, okay. Like, I was like begging the nurse, like, please. And so this is like a week. I haven't seen what he looked like. She FaceTimes us. And I remember just seeing him all wired up. And I'm like, like screaming, like, wake up, dad. Like, do you hear me? Do you hear me? It was, ugh, it was mm-hmm. so traumatic. Like mm-hmm. literally outside the hospital.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then, sorry. <laughs> and then it was crazy. Cause it was like, I just knew like, He was holding on for a little bit longer just to see us because we Mm -hmm. have not seen him at all. And then once we got off the phone in front of the hospital, we just waited and then the nurse called and was like, we're going to take him to the hospice home. And for those who don't know what hospice is, it's like a space, a home that, you know, you could say goodbye. It's like pretty much like the last moments. And so when he went there, it was like only two people could visit at a time. We had to be masked up and have gloves on. It was like all these things. And I remember seeing him. And he just opened his eyes and I just had to sit there and be like, I forgive you for everything. Like I forgive you for not being there. I forgive you because I think with our family, and a lot of immigrant families, they just work all the time. We had no family vacations. We spent no time. Yeah. And and I just realized at the moment while he was dying, I was like, I I don't want to live like this. Yeah. I, I never want to live like how you live, but I appreciate for what you did for us. Mm. And I want to live every single day following my dreams and doing what I want and having a purpose instead of working all my life and like not being able to spend time with my family. Mm. And so once he passed away, I kind of realized I was like, life is so short and we shouldn't live life for other people. And we shouldn't live life working a nine to five every single day and giving lives to others when we should be doing that for ourselves. Mm. And so that's kind of where I turned to food. I was like, um, I was like food makes me happy at least that shit makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. um we were on TikTok all the time cuz we're at home. There wasn't much to do and I remember that was like the only place that I felt happy cuz there was like protests going on and people dying that it was so negative that I was like, "You know what? Maybe I should just make a like a video." And so at the time, I didn't really understand TikTok and being social doing social media for so long. I was like, "Okay, I understand Instagram, Facebook, but how are these little short videos that are so weird going yeah. viral? I don't get it. Yeah. And I would do all these like dancing funny skits. And I was like, I'm not going viral. Like I don't get it. And I remember one day I was like, Oh, I just want to go to this restaurant just because I, you know, I was having a, a bad day. And I remember messaging the owner. I was like, Hey, like, are you guys open? I never been here. And he was like, yeah, if you come by, if you make a TikTok, like I'll give you free boba. And I was like, hell yeah, I want free boba. Yeah. And so I just went there and I was like, what would i want to see in a video and at the time there wasn't any storytelling yet i was just kind of focusing on the food that i enjoyed and putting the prices because a lot of people don't put the prices i want to know how much it is mm-hmm. and it wasn't when it went viral that i was like oh my god this is working It was when the owner called me and he's like i've been struggling to get anybody to come in and like everyone's coming and showing me your video and buying exactly what you ordered thank you so much like i you pretty much is helping my business and save my business and yeah. i had the moment i was like is this my purpose in life? Like, is this what I should be doing? This is how I'm going to help people. And then one by one, I was just like going to the restaurants that I want to go to. And then I realized the food tastes so much better when you know the story behind the food. And Mm. so I started sitting down and making time to do the interviews, taking notes on my phone, recording everything, putting it together, doing the voiceovers. Mm -hmm. And then one by one, it was like, these owners are like, Oh my God, like there's a line, you know, you know, you're helping my business. And I was like, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what's going to heal me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that yeah, as well. Yeah, of course. I think. Um, I said I I know I know a little bit about your story, but I know more now, obviously. But there's a lot of strength in that, and and kind of facing adversity and then utilizing it to, like you said, to try to to try to build, and then try to pour back in. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, it's healing for you, but sometimes uplifting others is healing for us, right? Yeah. So I'm also curious because things took off for you, right? Like, you know, things started and especially in a time like that. Um, I think it it was good to see. It was a positive image in that type of year, you know? Um, but what like what what would you say for someone out there who when they get that spark, when they get that drive and that purpose and they're in their flow, it sounds like you were in a flow, mm-hmm. right? Things were just moving. Um what is some advice to, to take that and not kind of let it die out right to keep it consistent because I feel like that's what you did like everybody can have like a hot you know ign- ignition but how do you keep it going
2: yeah I would take a step back and try to ask yourself what is your purpose is mm-hmm. your purpose to help others is your purpose to inspire others mm-hmm. is your purpose to create music for other people to listen step back and kind of realize like what are you doing this content for are you doing it for you or are you doing it for others because at the end of the day if you're not happy with yourself and the stuff that you release and the stuff that you post Mm. no one else is going to care you know and I think it's about following your dreams and making goals like I think a lot of people if you were to ask them like can you tell me three things about yourself like three if you could describe yourself in three words and people can't answer that then they don't know themselves Mm. and I think you got to step back and kind of you know look at yourself what do you want in your life, what is your goal? You some people I ask people what their dreams are, and they don't have dreams. Mm. They don't have goals. But if that's that's okay, you know some people don't. But if you were to make content, do it not just for other people to go viral to have views. Do it for yourself because mm. it should be like a portfolio of your life. And mm. when you look back, you should feel proud. You mm. should feel like there's growth in the beginning till now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I yeah, love that. Dope. I love that message.
1: Um, that's real. I also want to ask you like. How do you balance, like, work and life and, like, you know, creating content, being a creative? Like, how is that for you?
2: I still struggle a lot. Um, I should be sleeping more. And so that's why I was telling you I need a team. But Mm -hmm. for me, it's about planning ahead. And so I tend to kind of create a content calendar. So I take a moment for myself and I think about 10 content ideas I want to do or 10 restaurants I want to hit. And so I'll write that down. And then I will start organizing my calendar. And I always tell people, if it's not on my digital calendar or the calendar I have on my wall, it's not going to happen. Hmm. And so now instead of doing, I used to do like, I would record the record the video in the morning, go home, edit, do the voiceover, look at the notes, like everything in the day, don't do that. Like, I mean, when I was hustling, that was like, I wanted to get it done. But I think it's all about quality quality over quantity. Hmm. And so now I would say to organize my time, to set a a date for each thing. And so I set a date and schedule when I'm going to shoot the content, go to the restaurant, do the interview. Next day, I will look at my notes, write down my script, and edit the video, chop it all together. Then the third day, I will look at all the things I edited, and then I'll do the voiceover. Mm. Then the next day, I will figure out what the caption is, upload the video, put the text, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. and then finalize, and then I post. Mm. And so spreading it out is way better because at the end of the day, if your mental health and work life balance is trash, your content's going to be trash. People are going to notice it, and people want the best for you. Mm-hmm. And people who love you and love your content want the best for you, and mm-hmm. you know, I always tell people like if I'm not posting content, like I'm just trying to take care of myself yep. because I want to give you my best work and not just post something just because I'm like hitting a number. Yeah, you feel I, you have to. I want to give quality work and I hope that people know it's always taking a lot of time and effort before I post. But it's about organizing and prioritizing what's most important. And sometimes I schedule in, like, need to sleep in, like, Saturday morning, oh, yeah. you know? Or, oh, yeah. like... Yeah. Oh, or yeah. like, <laughs> It's
0: important. Yeah. yeah. Like, you got to... I, I, I started doing a to-do list earlier this year. Like, every Sunday, I'll just the week. Yeah. For the five days ahead, I just needed to do list. And it's like it'd be little things like that.
2: It feels good to just check it off. Like yeah, today I to worked out this. today.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. important. You need to.
1: Yeah, it could be the little littlest thing. And it'll just like like, yeah, because like if you keep it all up in here, then it's kind of like it gets all over the place. You start missing stuff, then you start getting yeah. Little, yeah. Little, and little I little think stuff.
2: a lot of people get scared just to post. Like I think content creators even I sometimes are scared about what people think. Mm. But if you're making quality content and you watch your video and you're like, this is good. I love this work and I'm proud. Then you should post it. Yeah. And that, that's kind of like where I'm at right now. Yeah. Like, I want to be proud of my work. And sometimes I think, you know, we look at social media and we look at the algorithm and the views and the numbers and it makes us feel like we're less of. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to realize sometimes the five people that might like your shit, not a thousand, a million, those five people like really, really fuck with you. And that's really all that matters. Yeah.
0: You know what's crazy? I'm glad you brought that up because I think a big topic around content is metrics and people are so fixated on metrics. Um, But as you were just mentioning, your platform didn't really hit you until the person from the restaurant called you. Mm -hmm. So this is all happening in real life. Someone in real life, a real person called you and said, hey, This is how your content affected me in the real world. And Mm -hmm. I always try to like push that out for creators. Like if you can find a way to connect what you're doing online to the real world in in any sort of way and really make real impact, that is what really creates sustainability at the end of the day. So um, that is a good message for sure. It's not all about the, the, I guess they call it vanity metrics, but try to find a way to connect.
2: Yeah. And you know, know, I, I'm human. Like sometimes I'll, sit here and be toxic and look at all these accounts and I'm like, wow, they just started. They have so many views and so many followers and I'm just sitting here not good enough, but that stuff will really kill you. Yeah. And you have to focus on tunnel vision and your own lane. Mm. And then when I have these sad moments and then all of a sudden I go and interview a restaurant and they're telling me their story, I realized, I was like, this is why I do what I do. Exactly. Like I'm here to share your story and to help others in my community and use my magic because I truly feel like I was blessed to have this, like, warmth personality where people feel like they can tell me everything. Mm. And this is what I want to live everyday like. So if I was to die today, I, I did everything that I could.
0: Mm. I love it. Man. That's real. Yeah. That's real. And you know when you know, right? It's not something, like, no one can kind of tell you. Like, you just feel it. And mm-hmm. you act on it. And once you act on it, like, it's up. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, as a viewer... I would I definitely appreciate that because like there's a lot of videos just like food, okay? You know, yeah. it's kind of like Top whatever, ten,
2: five favorite places to eat. Right, right. <laughs> so
1: then when you like go into like a deeper story, like me watching the video, I would get a little more curious too. So mm-hmm. I'm like, Man, "Damn, okay, I kind of I really want to tap in and see what's up with this place, you know?" So, so I want to say I appreciate that cuz it's just like you can tell you put in time into that you know yeah
2: I feel like a lot of people tend to eat food and they just don't really understand where it comes from or the cultural like recipe or the aunts and the like uncles that made it from whatever country I think it tells so much more of a story when you taste food and you know where it comes from Mm -hmm. and you know the hands that make it the Mm -hmm. struggles like sometimes people plate a dish and it's been plated just like that for centuries or this recipe has been given to them for years and years and I think that's what makes it special but also you go to restaurants where they're taking such a cultural food and they modernize it into yeah. their own way. And that what make that's what makes it so unique. And the people who have the stories, that's like I feel like it's just way cooler to understand where, you know, what, how much work it took for them to create the restaurant and have this food out for people to taste.
0: Yeah, no, that's for real. I also feel like um, a sense of responsibility probably kicks in, too. Right. Yeah. Like like the more like I, we talk about it all the time, like when we first started, it was like we're hosting and we're interviewing and then eventually you a responsibility aspect kicks in where people start to seek you out as a platform mm-hmm. and an outlet for them to get their stories out. Um, can you just talk about kind of like why it's important to embrace that and not kind of shy away from it? Because obviously it looks fun and enjoyable to everybody when you're creating content, but there's probably an underlying responsibility that people don't see. Right.
2: Yeah, I think for me, so all the videos for small businesses that I do, I do for free. I do not charge for small businesses. That is out the kindness of my heart. Mm. And so for me, because I do it for free, if I don't like it and I don't feel like a connection or I don't like, you know, the food, I'm not doing it. Mm. You know, like mm. everything I do has a purpose. Everything I do is 100%, 100% backed up by me and mm. that I enjoy it. Mm. And I think a lot of people tend to think, you know, just because I love the food, I'm not expecting for you to love the food. Mm -hmm. If you went to the restaurant and you don't like it, I'm, you know, that's your opinion. I'm sitting here trying to show you the story and the food that you may like, but if you don't like it, that's okay too. But my purpose is to try to give you, be your foodie friend to kind of be like, Hey, here's some food for you to explore. Mm -hmm. But you know, I can't help everybody. I can only help as much as I can and who I, you know, who I feel connected to. Yeah. But You know, at the end of the day, you're only human. You can only do so much. But I never want to be someone who does something just for the money, just because it's popular or trendy. I want to do something because my heart feels like it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. And it's aligned. Yeah. Alignment's important. Yeah. And having
2: your own mission and values that like you reflect on and it reflects on who you are as a person.
0: Yeah. That's real. That's real. I definitely got, got to step my game up with the foodie stuff. For sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm lacking. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean you're, me too. You're
2: not exploring different foods? I'm not
0: at all, man. I'll be doing it vicariously through your platform. But now, I I, I said 2024, I'm going to try to hit a new spot at least once a month if I can. Yeah, let's go eat. Okay.
2: You can be on my platform, on my YouTube.
0: Say less. <laughs> Y'all heard that? <laughs>
2: and you guys can introduce me to food that I haven't tried.
0: Okay. Yeah. He's a, he's a foodie right here. Now yeah. Home, now home's a foodie <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Um, so, Tina, um... I am curious. I always ask guests this question, just because I'm curious. Like for you, like what is your balance? Like what does self care look like for you? Um, Because a lot of people we have up here, obviously they're like high achieving, high performance, high productive, all Mm -hmm. that. Um, What does balance look like for you, and how do you how do you go about that?
2: Yeah, I fell in love with working out. It took a while to fall in love with it, but working out is a time for myself. I don't think about anything. I just turn on music and I work out. I am very into weightlifting now. Mm. A lot of people don't know that, but I have a trainer that I see twice a week. And so I never thought I could lift weights, but I, what was my PR? I PR'd 315 on a deadlift Mm. like a couple months ago. Mm. And so, you know, it's just fun. I never realized I could do that, but working out has really helped with my mental health. And so if, if I had a bad day, I just go work out and I don't think about anything. Mm. And so That's something that I love to do. I sing a lot of karaoke to myself. Me and my fiance, we bought like a microphone and everything. So I'll just turn on YouTube. I just sing to myself Um, and just spend time with my loved ones and family and friends. And honestly, I want to eat food without having a camera, to be honest. Like sometimes (laughs) I just want to eat and like don't have any camera or record or no no Instagram story, nothing. I just want to eat, have a good conversation and just take a break.
0: That's good. That's good. Dope. I like it. <laughs> I like it. No, I, th- I just think it's important to highlight those things, too, because, you know, it can't, it can't always be about the grind. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah,
2: sometimes I put my phone in, like, a little, like, cubby, and I just, like, close it, and I just walk out. Just so, like, I think we don't realize how much we are swiping and, like, just looking at our phone of about nothing. Yeah. And just we need to take a break and just sit and just be at peace and listen to silence or nothing or just in our thoughts.
0: Mm, that's real talk. Yeah. That's real. Yeah, and I need to. I need I need a little cubby for my phone. Yeah, no dead ass. You yeah. guys should
2: do it. You guys should have a cubby and then have each other's keys oh, and
0: wow. then lock it away. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and then you guys should Let's fight. Let's
0: do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody get a cubby. Everybody get a cubby. We to exchange keys. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Tina, man, we we uh, you've been dropping so many gems and wow. um, it's been great. But um, I do want to. I do. I just want to know when it comes to the future. Like, what excites you? You know, a lot of times people say, what's your five-year plan? But it's like, we're not talking about that. Like, what excites you for the future? What are some things that you would, that gets you excited when you think about it?
2: I think what gets me excited is not knowing what's coming next, but mm. knowing that my dreams are continuing and there's always a bigger dream after other, another dream. Mm. And I'm excited to create and kind of showcase that I'm more than just food, that I am a full person that has all these hobbies but I want to be able to story tell in a long way and showcase that you know I always dream of myself hosting like cupcake championships on Food Network mm-hmm. or have Vice or be on Munchies and do that stuff like I I feel like one day I will be a host of a TV show mm-hmm. and that's like my full-on dream
0: the universe just heard you yeah <laughs> there we go it's, it's happening. yeah it's happening for
1: real I see it um, <laughs> for sure also Tina um where can people find you or Contact you or. Yeah. You know.
2: At Tina Thatch on all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, and my new YouTube that I'm vlogging and I will be having full on episodes of my food journey.
0: Mm. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yay. Yeah, That's going to be dope. Um, okay. So final question. We ask every guest this question. So if you can, what's one word to describe what keeps you on the up and up and why?
2: Dang, one word? One word. mm. Mm-hmm wait i feel like i need more time (laughs) (laughs) take your time um just dream Mm. yeah don't stop dreaming
0: Mm.
2: because i think a lot of the times as kids we lose our imagination and if you can imagine it and you can think it it could become real it could Mm. be reality so keep so dream that's what i would say
0: Mm. i love that Is that That's the first one. time we've gotten dream? Man, I think I was it just might be the first too, time we got like, dream as a one word. The first time.
2: Yeah. Everyone, I'm about to take over this podcast. Let's go, <laughs> Let's new, go. Host. Yeah. new host. New host. I heard this they need your, some more scene. women in this room because hey. I am the only girl here right come now. On. By the Man. way,
0: <laughs> this is your show right now. This is your show. That's what we tell our guests. When we say when you come up yep. here, it's your show. Yep. Um, Tina, thank you so much for just sharing your story, your experience, your wisdom. I'm almost certain listeners and viewers. There is no way they can't be connected to this um, in some way, shape, or form. Um, we, m- we wish you much success moving forward. Always with everything you got going, we're excited for you. Thank you. Happy for you. Proud of you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think with that being said, I think it's safe to say Tina Thatch is officially a member of the Up and Up. Can we yeah. Get a round of <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Yo, what up? It's Rubino. And this DJ Earn. We hope you enjoyed that episode and that now you have a better understanding of what it means to live life on The Up and Up. To
1: continue supporting the podcast and the entire Up and Up movement, be sure to rate, review, like, and subscribe.
0: As well as follow us at underscore The Up and Up on all social media platforms to stay connected with everything The Up and Up has coming your way.
1: Thanks for listening. And until the next one,
0: keep it on The Up and Up.